Welcome everybody back to the Paradise Podcast Network. I'm your producer, Corey Paradise, and joining us today for another PPN at the movies are the lovely hosts, Scott Borgstrom and Alfredo Garibay. It is a movie about human evolution, but it does a really good job of like kind of kind of just misdirecting you the whole time mm. right with subtle plot points of oh there's this weird thing coming out like a pandemic you know um like in the beginning where um i want to see he goes to that uh, one of the one of the characters we're following um after after the whole like monkey scene with the monolith um he sits down talking with the Haywood floyd yeah yeah he sits down with the leaders and they're like oh you gotta tell us what this what this disease is or thing is so we can stop and he's like i can't say that Right. It it does a lot of misdirecting and then it leads up to the finale, which I gotta say, holy shit, dude, how is anyone supposed to figure that out? Oh, are you talking about the end scene? Yeah. Well just the movie oh, in Kub- general, right? Well, Kubrick tells you. I mean he doesn't tell you, yeah. but there's an interview where he's he's like, Here's how it is. Do you want me mm-hmm. do you want me to tell you? Well, I, I saw it browsing through Google, you know, um today at work. I saw it where didn't, didn't he has like a weird like release on that right where he was like oh yeah this is it right but without yeah, watching so it a, you know. a, yeah a japanese um media person interviewed him over the phone mm-hmm. and they're like we just we don't understand the end scene the final scene with the man in the strange room and he's old like what's that about and he, and he even says he's like well i hate giving explanations because it kind of ruins you know the allure of the film it's better to dramatize it let people draw their own conclusions but essentially what the idea was is that he steps into and he doesn't call it the monolith but mm-hmm. he he finds a giant monolith he takes a pot into it and he's taken in through this like psychedelic you know fucking thing mm-hmm. um he's taken in by faceless like personaless beings almost like of light in a sense um and he's kind of kept in like this room that's uh, very much akin to like a zoo mm-hmm. where it's a purposefully um, bad recreation or representation of like French architecture. Um, and to him, his life passes uh, as quickly as we see that scene where he kind of loses his perception of time. Oh, and okay. once the alien, you know, his time comes to an end and the aliens are done with him, he's mm-hmm. he's kind of like reconstructed into uh, and these are his words, this, you know, uh, fetus of a Superman type thing and released back to the earth. Mm-hmm. And what he does after that is left to our interpretation. Right. Um, Right. Well, because uh, I mean, that was when this, the um... that was the interview that I heard. Those were mm-hmm. those were Kubrick's words. So, recording. like, when this movie released in like 1968, I mean, it's it's definitely like a, a jaw dropper, right? Like, a what did I walk? Oh, away definitely. From? I think the you effects know? and like the perspectives are absolutely phenomenal, especially for the time. Oh, absolutely! Um, like all the zero absolutely. gravity scenes were done really well. Mm-hmm. I think I just think that looking probably watching it now. And some people probably felt this way when they first saw it, too. A lot of the scenes drag on. It's like when you first play Red Dead 2. Yeah. You know how there's an animation for fucking everything and you have to watch it. Like there's no just hit button pickup item is in your inventory. Like, no, 
You killed the deer. You got to walk or ride up to the deer. You got to fucking Arthur bends down. What do you want to do with it? And then you, you got to watch him skin the fucking deer. And then you got to watch him throw the pelt over. And you got to go back to your horse. You got to throw it. Like, as long-winded as my description is, some of the scenes do feel that way because they're just fucking... Well, I would I would say a majority of the beginning is kind of like that, right? Because it, 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 a lot of it is watching a spaceship go to one place to the other right or it's even, watching in the I beginning think even right? before the that monkeys, the apes right? yeah, yeah even um, with the monkeys you're like remember, what are they doing right i remember the first time i tried to watch this movie um i got lost at the monkey because i was like this is an epic i need to watch this movie this is like one of the movies to watch i think i was like 18 or something yeah um and i was like no i need to watch this movie I got lost at the monkeys, man. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, because it's, I, don't, it's I, don't, I don't think I made again, it past twenty minutes. It's again that misdirection of like, okay, well, I'm paying attention, but what do I fucking gather from this? You know what I mean? Um, and I, I think, yeah, I think he does a really good job of like misdirecting in the beginning of like, okay, well, it's you think this seems important, right? But it just sets the stage up for maybe like the future, you know? Which I'm, I'm very, very fine with because you know, like, like you. Um, you know, watching it, like, I want to say like a couple of days ago with Corey, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to literally stare intently at every single scene. I'm going to pay attention. That guy has like a toothpick out of his toe. You know what I mean? Like I was staring so intently yeah, this and then one 45 minutes different. in, right? 45 minutes in, it's, it's just watching a spaceship go through space and you're like, yeah, there's not, there's a lot of <laughs> emptiness and it's, but I think that's part of what makes the movie, um, so great especially Uh for the time that it was released because there's nothing else that i can think of that was released around that time or even subsequently up until like star wars that really like romanticized space in the way that this film does it's vast and it's empty um space doesn't necessarily like take on a character though it's literally it's just a set piece but what does take on more of a character is technology and I don't just mean like how like you take, for example, like the video calls and how yeah, like the mundaneity of it all, yeah. like it, it all becomes semi mundane to them, you know, even like at the end. Now, granted, we, you know, that we don't we don't continue to use CRTs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole other thing. The aesthetic of it is different. Their idea of the future and a lot of what I've noticed, science fiction, uh, their idea of the future was just more screens. <laughs> like not necessarily that the screens improve but more screens like uh a, another good example of that is like blade runner the original one right um still using crts there's just way more of them yeah, um, yeah. well it's I funny because that, that, um oh sorry to interrupt mm-hmm. but it's funny because a lot no, of the good. a lot of the stuff that like they think about like in the past like in 1968 and it, it feels representative of the time where a lot of it shown like the screens and video calls we're literally doing that right now you know what i mean like it's it's just yeah, common that's, that's for quite us, ironic. you know what I mean? <laughs> right? We're, we have it on our phones, and we could just do that twenty four seven, right? Yeah. One of, one of the things that I thought was interesting is like it's not even a, a detail. It's not something that Kubrick could have even planned for, but like in the scene where he's having that phone conference with his daughter, which is a birthday. Maybe you guys will get into birthdays later on, but mm-hmm. um, the that video call and any any sort of video conference the acting from the other side is so off 
compared to like what we do right now you know there's yeah there's there's an offness to it and i think it's so interesting because it's like this movie kind of acts as a time capsule to how people when people couldn't comprehend face conferencing you know like a photo call they couldn't comprehend that they didn't know what to act like they didn't know what it looked like so that's like a perfect representation of like um I, like the daughter in that scene, I believe that was Kubrick's daughter. Um, hmm. Huh. And she looks like she has ADHD. But like, <laughs> she's like not looking yeah, directly at the camera. No. Uninterested. She's like doing this half the time. Okay. I'll yeah, give you a lollipop okay. if you just sit here. Okay. She went to the bathroom. Like, <laughs> <laughs> which is like, she, yeah, you know, she's six or seven yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I also want. Um, I, I my last point though is like mm-hmm. you mentioned how it it kind of feels like it's um leading you on you know like he leads you on one way and then goes a different way mm-hmm. um and I think what's what's kind of funny is I look at it and the especially this is the second time I watched it that I feel like every single scene was meant to be just as long as it was. And supposed to be as like almost disconnected as it was because you mentioned like technology like they spent so much time on technology like showing you how the trays work and how it comes out of the machine and you get it and you open them and you pull the straws out and you like things that don't even matter but i think it's the point is like the motif of the entire thing is about technology like that's the idea of it you know human evolution but what's the thing that once monkeys touched the monolith what did they gain they gained yeah they learned knowledge knowledge tools yeah they gained the idea of technology so i think like he spends so much time like watching a waitress tentatively walk into a room and pick up a tray and then very tentatively like rotate around the room and exit it's like there's a it's meant to be like the focus you know i think we mentioned it it, it feels kind of like like when you watch old shows of uh disneyland and it shows like the house of tomorrow and it's supposed to be like how the future is supposed to look in the future that's kind of like how this movie feels at times of like we're watching like the past future you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. There, it's almost there's like, a lot of um Oh, I'm sorry. There you go. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, it reminds me a lot of how um, the Jetsons kind of, like, idealizes what the future would be. You know, the flying cars and all the cool, like, you know, 50s jazz, you know, in space and how everyone rides a treadmill to work, you know, all that all that kind of, like, cool stuff. But it's a lot more, I would say, toned down in this movie or, like, idealized in a different way, right? There's uh, some traces of, like, advanced technology for technology's sake you know yeah yeah like like we don't need to reinvent the fucking straw <laughs> to get liquid from a cup into our mouths you know how do you know like, about that huh huh what what, what, what yeah what you're right can? i could just be a fucking yeah. skeptic a traditionalist and i'm wrong and and in the future we're gonna have some fucking uh straws that go up our fucking noses and then yeah, deposit it. like they they forego the taste altogether who knows <laughs> I don't fucking know. I mean, we're already having this issue with straws in the ocean, man. Why don't we reinvent the wheel? Yeah, fuck with turtles. 
<laughs> literally reinvent the wheel. <laughs> oh, but this this movie's a lot more um, you know, comparing it to The Shining, which is the only other cubic film I've seen, um it's a lot more, you know, kind of just straightforward in terms of like after you get past all the mystique and the wonder and the you know, the radio science and all the environmental sounds and the music, it it does tell a nice story. Whereas The Shining, surface level, it tells a story. But if you go in much deeper, there's a lot more to take out of the movie as well. Like, Or is there? Ah, ah, but you, you know what I mean? It's it's one of those movies where I, I would love to watch it again just to watch it again and just to be there, you know? Yeah, well, um, part of that also plays into like the title. Like it's a, you know, mm-hmm. an odyssey. Like it's a tale. It's a mm-hmm. journey. Um, I think that sort of adds to like how uh how well it works as you know as like a myth i think is what is what one of kubrick's uh objectives with this were it's like a, a myth for the future in a sense um i really wish i'd paid attention more to some of the things that maybe he got right about the future besides like you know video calls mm-hmm. um that was a pretty good one um did you notice any? Um, any other things that like he was kind of ahead ooh, of his of his it, time on? It is hard because a lot of stuff I feel like hasn't really advanced too far in terms of like you know we have been to space, which is you know great. Um, but a lot of the things in the movie, it just it feels kind of out there still. You know, it feels like out of the grasp of what humanity has done. I should say in terms of like space travel. Um, not to say we haven't done, you know, too much, right? Like we're we literally sent a robot to like Saturn, right? Was it or Mars, right? One of the two, um, which which but, is huge enough, or, right? Mars, yeah, yeah, Mars, Mars rover, right? Um, which is definitely huge enough. I'm not, you know, discrediting that, but a lot of the a lot of the ideas in the movie of you know like the super cylinder like control room, right? And how's just like sitting there, um. Well, actually, I think the closest thing to how would be Siri, right? Not like super sentient, but like a a voice program that can, hey, Siri, do this, you know? Ooh, I like this. So mm-hmm. uh, one of the other things, and I'm glad you uh, you started talking about um, how. Um, so AI is always, you know, a super into, like I, lately I've been getting really into um rewatching the matrix like i think Ooh, i've rewatched okay. it all twice now okay. um and ai is a big part of it and the singularity is like a you know a huge fucking like topic in the ai space um but for reference this is a oh that's funny this ended up being in spanish um so this is a honeywell 316 computer and it was meant and you can see it says kitchen computer right um this isn't a very good photo of it, actually, but it's a it's a real thing. Um, let me uh, this is better. Um, and it's cool to me to think about AI um, being like what AI represented um, in the 70s mm-hmm. or like in the late 60s, early 70s. Uh, and here it's portrayed like it has a voice actor. It's obviously not a real computer or a computerized voice, but it's like a modulated human voice. Um, 
And what I found curious was um, the, uh, so the scene where, you know, they have like, what was I getting at? What I was getting at was the idea of AI coming so far in only 30 years. Right. Um, versus like where we're at with AI today and like the, uh, the cautionary tale, I guess that he tries to tell with, you know, how and how it, it perfectly echoes like a lot of the privacy and a lot of like the concerns that people have for how much control they give to, uh, not, not just control, but also how much trust people have in these companies that are utilizing AI mm -hmm. and beyond that the things that we do day to day that are assisted by AI that we don't even notice, you know, mm -hmm. like search engines are all AI optimized for the most part. There's right. a lot of like data collection that happens. It's powered by AI. Mm -hmm. um, machine learning well, is like a huge fucking, um, you know, mm -hmm. industry. Well, I know, um, I know cars have started to have like um, AI, like, there's been talks about like AI controlled cars, right? Where they like have self steering or, um, you know, I, I drove. Oh a, yeah. That's not even new. That's yeah. Like a 2001, right. I drove a 2001 Sonata, I think, or like a, like a hybrid, right. A Hyundai. And it would recognize where the, um, you know, where the, where the, where the lines on the road. Yeah. Are. Yeah. And it would like correct you to go back mm -hmm. um, over. Right. And it's just like, shit, man. <laughs> yeah. I can recognize drifting. Yeah. So stuff like that. Right. Like, Hmm super super weird how like it's 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 very much integrated and we're not noticing it anymore <laughs> right because mm. it's 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 commonplace you know kind of kind of like in the movie where it's commonplace but not as like robotic when we talk about video calls right now yeah yeah it's still it's definitely i feel like i feel like we today mm -hmm. might be in that era of ai whereas like in you know in this in 1968 they were at with space travel and it's almost a shame that we've done so little with you know space travel like the space race was just kind of to say suck it russia <laughs> and uh and that and that was as far as that went it's i thought it was um, interesting how you worded that just now because hmm. You know, it, it is such a a focal like a focus on technology and like where it was. And I think it's funny to look at like if we were to make a movie like this nowadays, it wouldn't be about like going to Mars. You know, like be going to Mars and going beyond our solar system is something that would come second to like AI overlords. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. Like you look at how when they conceptualize the advancements of technology at the time, I mean, this was none of you have said this. This movie released a year before the moon landing. I was actually going to get to that. I was actually going to get to that. Right? So, like, yeah, I knew that it took place before. I actually meant to look up, like, when yeah. did we land? <laughs> like, I fucking <laughs> forgot. 1970, right? 69. Yeah. 69. He said it and, it, and it's really i think it's interesting it though is like at the time though the focus on the country was to go out to travel further to to explore outward mm -hmm. and so when they made this they knew like an ai would be an issue but 
the expectation was by the time AI became became an issue, we could go to Jupiter, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they progressed the tr- the traversal technology so far in the lore of the world, when in reality, the AI technology has progressed far faster yeah, than our star. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's a funny thing to look at. Like, they got it. They got it right that AI will be an issue, but they got it wrong on when it would become an issue. (laughs) I wonder if the, if like Hal's pleading was more impactful or less impactful than today, Uh, but particularly the lines where he says, I feel, you know, Mm -hmm. because that that was like, that was when I was like, Oh, like, it, yeah, I'm strangely I mean, could, sympathetic to it. Like you, it's, it's almost like a like like Kubrick mm-hmm. managed to create a uh, like a scenario or a, a what's it like an input, and mm-hmm. and was able to like mostly successfully generate the same output out of people. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I maybe think we're um, just machines. Well, I think his his wording he used for Hal was was pretty ingenious. You know, um, he effectively humanized the character. Um, towards the end of you know Hal's life, right, and you can feel that like emotion on um, David's face as he's like basically shutting him down. You yeah, know, and I think that yeah, I think that's like, yeah, sing that. me, sing me the song. Right. Like, right? And you I can see that, that there's pain. That. Yeah, because I mean they've been on the ship for like what seventeen plus months or some shit. Eighteen, right? 18, eighteen, right? And it it's he's and you know it goes back to that interview they had of like yeah we we consider Hal just like one of the guys, you know. Um, and it's effectively killing a friend, you know, um, he didn't want to have to do it, but Hal's forced his hand, you know, um, yeah. we can, we can kind of see the rage and the frustration on, you know, David's face when he's in that pod going, Hal, open the door, please, please, Hal, please, please, please. I'm, it's kind of cold here. Hal, please, can you can open the door? Hal, please, I'm cold. If you're cold, they're cold, right? Did you, um, <laughs> I don't know if you knew this already, Scott, but, uh, yeah. So Hal and Dave, they're the that's that's Otacon and Snake. Shut up! You didn't notice that? No, I didn't, didn't notice that didn't from Metal Gear. Yeah. Dude, god damn it! At that's... the uh, at the end of Metal Gear Solid oh, One, if you god. save Otacon, uh-huh. um, they give each other their real names, and he's like, "My real name's Hal," and he's like, "Mine's David," and then he's like, "Huh, Hal and Dave," that and then is... they ride off in a <laughs> snowmobile. Um, yeah. Also, another. Uh-huh. Metal Gear reference since I made this one. Uh-huh. Um, you remember Peace Walker? Of course. When you blow up the okay. AIs and you go into the pods and you pull out the different memory chunks, it's very like it's a reference to that scene where he's unscrewing the memory oh cores out of God, there. Oh my God, dude! The red light, um, oh. the AI voice distorting as you pull more and more out. Uh huh. Um, those aren't references in 2001. Those are references to 2001. But yeah, just goes to yeah. show the impact that that film had on. Kojima in this case, but mm-hmm. well, I, I would say dozens the impact, of references to 2001. Yeah, I would say the impact had culture. a had a lot of impact on the pop culture. One of, one of the ones I brought up was um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right? Do you remember uh, the kid with the TV? They're in that white room. Everyone has the white Mike suit. Mike TV. They're like, yeah, they're they're shrinking the candy bar, right? And do you remember specifically what was shown when they shrunk the candy bar? The apes. Yeah, it was, it was the, the apes. Monolith. The, yeah, the chocolate bar was the monolith, and I was like, yeah. holy shit, dude. Holy shit, man. I didn't think um, about that one. 
Yeah, mm. I it it literally hit me in the beginning when I saw the monolith and the rocks, and I was like, oh, is that the scene from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Is this what we're referencing? Right. Um, but it, it goes to show that these movies have um, have a huge impact on society. Right. More more so than I ever thought they did. Right. Um, especially this one. I think this one has probably the most references I've seen um, in in like recent years. Right. With Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you've got Metal Gear Solid. Um, you know, it's there... heavily referenced, but I wouldn't say it's like the most mm-hmm. referenced things. There's dozens of references to The Shining and almost like mm-hmm. tons of stuff. Uh-huh. Um, would you would you say that? Would you say you preferred 2001 over The Shining? I mean, both of them are a little. Different, at this point, at this point, we're know? comparing works of Kubrick and not necessarily yeah. the sources themselves. Yeah, absolutely, right. Um, but I, I think it's a little. Um, I don't know to give to give a straight answer because I'm dancing at the topic. Um, I do like a Space Odyssey more, right? Two thousand one. I do like two thousand one a lot more because it is a, you know, when you when you stop and sit down and you watch it and those slow scenes of the ship going through space. Mm-hmm. With just classical music playing around, you know, it's it's nice, you know, it it really jogs the mind in a very nice and positive way of like, wow, we could be there, you know, this this is where we could be in the future, you know. Uh, right. Would you um, would you go to space if you were offered the chance? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, dude. Would my would my skinny body accept it? Hell no, but. <laughs> Um, it is it is something that I think everyone has kind of thought of, right? Since since we looked upwards, right? Um, since we looked at birds and said, "Hey, I want to fly," right? Um, what about you, though? I definitely would, uh-huh. even if there was no like guarantee of my safe return. Mm-hmm. I would definitely be like, eh, "I want to go see space." <laughs> <laughs> I just had to go see space, <laughs> <laughs> and then a meteor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness but um you know cory cory did mention that um you know this movie took a place a year before the moon landing and with that being said there are a lot of people who believe that the moon landing was faked and they bring evidence to this movie in particular because the effects i think hold up pretty well you know yeah right um, i think we, well i have the uh, I, I have the clip from Willy wonka Ooh, all right. Pull that up. All right. Yeah, if you if you want to pull that up real quick, we can we can watch a little kid marvel at how a chocolate could be a monolith for a bit. Okay. Oh, this is from the new one. The that's where it's from in the original. Uh, uh-huh. It the uh, Willy Wonka uh, beams it to a black screen. That's right. That's and, the, right. and then he beams the that. kid to that same black screen. It was only in the Tim Burton remake that it existed. Damn, that's crazy. Yep. I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, it's okay, man. I thought uh, I thought the same thing. I thought it was in the original too. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Come on, 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 come on,
It's hard for me to believe this is Johnny Depp. Like, as Willy Wonka. Watch the screen. Here it comes. Take it. It's just a picture on a screen. Scary cat. You take it. Go on. Just reach out and grab it. Now that begs the question for me of like, is that how the monolith moves around? <laughs> Just some kid reaches at the TV, picks it up, and then puts it back in, right? I can't believe that that's uh, that's the good doctor. What do you the mean? Little, that 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 actor. This is a tangent. Is he? No way. Yeah. I'm seeing it now. Yeah. Freddie Highmore. Really? I was like, where have I fucking? What is that kid doing now? I'll tell you what he's doing now. Being a good doctor. He did. He's the good Go doctor on. and oh Norman goodness. Bates. It'll be delicious. Goodness. It's just the same man. bar. It's just got. Wow, it's time flies on that. Bar. Time flies on that, right? But um, what was I? Oh right. Um, so a lot of people bring up 2001: A Space Odyssey for the moon landing being staged, mm -hmm. right? Um, and you know, people people have presented evidence of like we literally cannot stage this and people go yeah well how did the pen float in 2001 checkmate checkmate eh, checkmate what? right they just bring up the pen floating well you know what i mean like they bring up the the special effects being pretty good for their time and i think i i think these effects hold up pretty well right oh absolutely i yeah. i definitely agree i think they're i think they get the point across Mm -hmm. Um, somewhat like rather convincingly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, we uh, Corey and I after the movie, we were looking at the special effects. Um, from uh, I forget that YouTube channel, right? So if you want to see yourselves, it's on it's on their YouTube channel. Um, but they they deal with um like it's dissecting special effects. Corridor Digital. Corridor Digital. They put right? out they put um, out a show called um. SFX breakdowns every week on Saturdays. And they actually did a little piece on um, 2001 A Space Odyssey showing off the um, that one scene where I believe it was David that was jogging, right? Jogging around mm. the uh, the cockpit. Yeah, it was going right? Um, Was that Dave? Was it? it was one of them. It was one of them, right? Mm -hmm. One of them going, hoo, 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 hoo. I'm punching, hoo, I'm working out, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and the set they showed off was spectacular right um they actually built like a cylindrical like room and i forget how they did it but the way they did it was incredible right same with the um the camera the the like the special effects at the ending right where there's like one point in the horizon you want like, me to explain it yeah yeah if you, if you could i'm bad at explaining this one <laughs> um so the scene you're talking about with David is the scene where he's he's running around the perimeter of the inside of the spaceship. But the way that the spaceship's constructed is like 
the gravity would have to be pushing outwards in order for it to make sense. And they filmed this in a singular take of, of him running along like the outside and he runs over the camera and behind it and then back in front of it. And it truly looks like this gravity defying scene. Um, and the way that they did it was the same way that, um, that they did the scene in inception where Joseph Gordon Levitt has to walk on walls as the room rotates, they literally built a giant set on a, on a, like on an axle and they would drive this giant set, like a, like a carousel turned on its side and he literally would be running, but he's running at the perfect speed uh, that it's moving. Right. So he's, he's actually looks like he's staying in place to anyone mm -hmm. watching the scene, but they fixed the camera onto the set so that when he move, when the camera moves, it looks like it's going around or something like that. So, but they, yeah. they had this giant set built like a carousel. And that's the same way they did the inception scene. They, they built a long hallway built on made able to turn a full 360 degrees. They built it like that. And then the last scene that you're talking about, the scene where David's kind of going through space time is how I've, is how you see it like referenced. The way that they did that shot was they had a mural, like a really long mural on a wall. And then they had a, like a board in front of that mural with a slit cut down the length of it. And then they set up a camera on a dolly that would ease up to the canvas, but also allow them to move the rig horizontally across the canvas at the same time. Mm -hmm. So they can push the camera and zoom it in and move it laterally across the, the canvas. And so what they would do is they would film it like one frame at a time, zooming in and moving across this canvas super slowly um to capture it over time and you get this crazy like warping effect coming at the camera um and i believe the like the stats that they gave was that for every second of film it took like five minutes to develop hmm. during that scene during the scene of him going through light speed you know space mm -hmm. and time Every second of that took like five minutes to expose and get. So it's a it's a a technological feat to say the least. Mm -hmm. Especially for the time of nineteen sixty eight, it's it's baffling to me, you know. But with that being said, was there um what what did you think about the movie, Alfie? I actually um I enjoyed it. I'm glad that I um was forced to make it past the the Dawn of Man scene because honestly, is is not is not very enticing. Even though I understand why it's there thematically, it's not a fun scene to watch. I wanted to go to space. 
had to wait for the monkeys to go away or throw the bone up in there. You're making it sound like we force fed you like vegetables this week and you're like, oh, well, you know, it's not Yeah, well, if you force fed me a couple Brussels sprouts, it's all good (laughs) because you let me enjoy a nice sirloin medallion. Not full steak. Okay. A nice, rare, Uh bacon-wrapped medallion and i appreciate the ending, that there, there's a weird aftertaste that i didn't really get until the end right what do you mean it was no it's it's a, uh-huh. it's definitely like a meat you enjoy it slowly you know you're not there's no rush at least kubrick wasn't in one you go through it slowly you appreciate the scenes for what they are it'll set the the stage for the rest of the evening Maybe take a couple sips of red wine while you're having it. All good. Got nowhere to be. It's all good. And then a giant alien baby shows up. All good. Had to look that one up. Kubrick actually explained it. So we're good. So it's all good, you know? <laughs> Kubrick um, recorded all of the uh, breathing himself. Did he? So, damn, I wish I had brought this up. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. But throughout the movie, I was like, so did he just have their mics in the suit? And he was like, fuck it, keep the breathing in. It's atmospheric as shit. I didn't know it was added uh, in post. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Which is cool. Well, I mean, I'm the, the little it. girl's voice was added in post for the birthday scene as well. Right? You could, you could totally tell she was just like, Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> you know, she's just like off in her own world. And they had to they had to voice it in after production, right? In post. Um but Corey, you mentioned um you know, I kinda wanted to highlight this. You mentioned the birthday thing, which I noticed there were two birthdays, but were there any more? What what is the birthday thing you were talking about? Eh, there was there was three. There was okay. um there's y- there's the birthday on the ship that the guy has the conference with. There's the birthday on the other ship that the mm-hmm. guy has with his parents. There's a metaphorical birthday of man when the bones were picked up from the ground. And there's the also metaphorical birthday of when, he's, when David is taking Hal offline. And he's reverting back to the day he was born. He tells him, my name is Hal, or my name is whatever made in the, and he tells him the place that he was made and the facility that he was made, you know, retelling his his birth. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, part of the symbology, and I think what you can take away from this is like this overt idea of the birth of man being centered around technology, like the birth mm-hmm. Every step of the way that we transcended into the next part of the movie, it was predicated on the monolith and an advancements in technology. So I think there's like, I think Kubrick is trying to say something about how the, you know, evolution of man is that it is tied to technology and that we might not advance any more physiologically, but that's where we make up for it in our advancements 
technologically. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it also kind of drives this point is like, they say time and time and time again that how 9000 has never failed. There's no recorded instance of how 9000 ever failing. And when they ask how, what happened? Like, what's going on? Why are you failing? He says, I do not know. It must have been a human error, something like that. But he says mm-hmm. it was a human error. And it makes this really interesting kind of like, you don't get any follow-up to that. And it makes you kind of think like, I mean, if AI is the creation of man, is not their downfall through AI the, a human error? Like, it's it's just kind of, I don't know if that's what it meant, but that's what I took mm-hmm. away from that. It was something, it was something I, I took home and was thinking about. Hmm. Interesting. I wouldn't go to space, by the way. None of you asked me. <laughs> we knew you'd be a little party pooper. <laughs> I'd fly like a bird, though. That sounds fun. Yeah, I no. I mean, that sounds even what? What? I, I would what? love. To, I would love to fly like a bird, but I would never want to go to space. I. Mm. Alfie, you played Assassin's mm. Creed too. You know what he means, right? <laughs> That one scene where Ezio was like, "Okay, time to test the the, the, the little bird thing, right?" That uh, Leonardo's making. Fucking... You wouldn't want to fly like a bird with like wings, no? Um, no, not unless like my body could handle like extremely high levels of, you know, extremely high G forces. Like if that was part of my superpower. I um, have, I have this theory. Tell me, if, uh-huh. tell me what you think about this. But okay. I, this is coming from me, like comic book nerd, like love superheroes. <laughs> I think if if man were to ever fly, right, like take off from the ground and fly by themselves through the air, I think that they would, they would. It's really unsettling to think about, but I firmly believe they'd move like Mary Poppins. Like, I feel like they would move vertically up and down. They wouldn't, you wouldn't go horizontal. Because, mm-hmm. like, think about the core strength you have to have to hold your body in a plank position while moving through the air all the time. Oh, yeah. Like, I just think, like, if you had the ability, like, you know what I mean? If you had the ability to move through the air, I think you'd end up just doing it standing upright. That's really creepy. Oh yeah, kind of, kind of like Omni Man when he like just floats all like, you know, just like a stick across. The, but yeah. imagine doing I mean, that at like that. high speeds. <laughs> you oh know, like... yeah. Well, it begs the question of you know back to like G Force, right? Of like, would it would it like matter if you're zooming so fast anyway, right? Or would it like feel naturally like you're falling down? You know what I mean? I can see if yeah, like so. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I could see, the- I could see it being like, yeah, like you when have you to get on a motorcycle or a bike. <laughs> I could, I could see it being like when you're riding a bike or getting on a motorcycle. You know uh-huh. how like balancing uh-huh. is easier as you go faster. I think what's to, you know to Scott's momentum point, uh-huh. like as you build momentum, it's kind of almost like you're flinging yourself, and it's easier to you know to not fight the wind as a plank but to cut through it you know like mm-hmm. let it go around you like this yeah and then yeah like as you're landing you're like oh, sh-. and then you float like mary poppins 
Yeah. I'm playing both sides so that no matter what I win, okay? That's that's what it comes down to. <laughs> well, no, I think I'm the serious, closest so example that's... to what I'm trying to say is kind of like how Thor in Avengers has to swing his hammer and then he like uses that momentum to like Oh my lift god, off, the right? hammer pulls him off. Yeah, I know. That's that's the closest thing to what I'm like describing, right? I I would also like to to point out a grievance of mine about this movie. Oh. Hmm. Or rather, I should say, not about this movie, but about a, a movie we've watched in season one of this show. Ooh, okay. I think the makers of Superman 1978 need to get their shit together. And, and maybe, you know, um, maybe if they weren't owned by, by Daddy Warner Brothers, um, they would have had, they had a, a real legal trouble. Because I tell you what, they were not the first to make a man fly. That's true. That guy was drifting through space. That guy was fucked. <laughs> that guy was yeeted. Like, yeah. I don't know how David like speed racered his way over there, but he claw machined himself. Like, it's stressful when you stand at Denny's, you know, after you got a full meal, you got a full tummy, and you're trying to to win a prize. Man, I I make a sweat. Could you imagine doing that in space? Oh, dude, no, he not clutched at all. it up, man. I would put I would yeah, want David man. on my team, for sure. Oh no, for sure. Dude, I don't know sure. what the team any, is. Any there was a squid game and it was a claw machine. <laughs> yeah, I, I I just want David in general. Like, yeah. All right, well, he's a little gay, little he's sus, all good. Man, you know he's not the brightest because you know he like he left he let Howl read their lips. That wasn't mm-hmm. very smart. No, Fair. no. What didn't they? I don't. Okay, to their credit, I don't think they knew that like Hal was just gonna go. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm taking down every word that you're saying. I'm watching you. I'm watching you. Interesting. Okay. Right. Like to their credit, I don't think they thought that through. Not the smartest cookies. Okay. So they were. They also played chess. Uh huh. Um. If you had to eat. Which chess is just something you can play on your phone or anything. But here's the real here's a real question. If you were gonna have one of the meals from this movie, which to my knowledge we saw two, right? We saw the, the sandwiches. The, oh three. Oh, I would have had the sandwiches. So we yeah. we saw the sandwiches, we saw mm-hmm. the the drink tray, and then we saw the weird food, like, sponge trays that they were eating on the ship, mm-hmm. like, right next to each other, but weren't saying anything. Yeah, because they were watching the same Dude, they got that right. Broadcast. Wow, they got that right so <laughs> strong, dude. People sitting right next to each other, not giving a fuck about each other, and watching television yeah. with and the I speaker on. <laughs> I think it's the funniest thing, too, because it's just two people in the same room, you know, someone else to talk to, and they're just not fucking talking to each other, right? They've also been talking <laughs> to each other for the last 18 months. Oh, like, of course. Of they're probably course. sick of each other. Let's be real. Well, I mean, living with someone for like 18 years, you'd be sick of them, too, for the most part, right? 18 to months. To a degree. But I'm saying, like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but also... Oops, caught red-handed. Fidgeting <laughs> <laughs> with my fucking car. <laughs> Uh-oh, we gotta get out of here, Steely oh Dan. Oh my god, dude. Oh, he booked it. <laughs> uh, so, with... It was... Uh, what what was... You know, Corey Carter brings up a good point about, like, 
the grievances of this movie. Was there anything that you had like a major, major issue with, or not even a major issue, just like a slight like disagreement, or just it's kind of like a mm, not really kind of idea about the movie. Um, I mean, it's not. I'm not saying that it was perfect or anything, uh, but uh, uh, there wasn't well, anything not, huh? like. Why not? Huh? Because some of the fucking scenes dragged on too long for my taste. <laughs> I don't have all fucking day. Really? Because you had two hours to spare for this movie. Exactly. And barely, mind you. I legitimately, I wasn't kidding. I finished it five minutes before I jumped on. Uh Uh-oh. Exposed yourself. I I, I tend to agree with Alfie. I think some of it, it goes on to the point that it becomes like an art project. Yeah. that's, That's where, like, I kind of, like, I... I get it, and I'm over it. Like mm-hmm. that's that's where I come down. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I th- I think we can all share the agreement now, right? I mean, for the time, it it is one of those like, wow, this is space, you know. Uh, but I I think for like now, it's it's just kind of like, yeah, can we can we move? This is this is probably the one movie that we've watched mm-hmm. that I would outright want to go see in theaters. Oh, like, absolutely. Not not now. Like if I could go mm-hmm. back to 1968 when mm-hmm. the movie like not not the first week, not the night it came out cuz the the movie before this was Doctor Strange Love. Yeah. So I feel like he's still kind of somewhat not terribly known like like he was after this. Mm-hmm. So I want to see this movie like maybe a week or two after it came out where People are buzzing about it, and people are starting to go see it a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, a big, big movie. Yes. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that there's, like, like, dude, could you imagine listening to those haunting, like, this? I'm going to get copywritten for this, but, um, like this. This one sound, this one track. Is it the fucking point? Point. No. Can you hear it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Dude. I okay. During some of the monolith scenes, I may have been filling holes in my wall with cement. Okay. <laughs> and it's very hard to do that when I think that there's a fucking tribe of indigenous people about to pop out of my TV and come fucking sacrifice me to their god. <laughs> I hated this sound, man. No, this sound is beyond creepy. I hope it like, becomes the next TikTok sound. I hope it blows up on TikTok. <laughs> I hope that I hope that's the sound of people. I mean, fucking... we might be the ones to do that, dude. Let's let's start a let's start a let's start a PPM podcast. TikTok. That that song is six minutes long, and that was like twenty seconds of the song. But yeah, new challenge, guys. Go to bed with the song on. We oh god. Send yourself yeah, can we to get the a 20 hour realm. version of that? <laughs> the 10 hour YouTube playlist falling asleep to that one song. Hold on, guys. Gotta go to bed after this one. Sorry. But it's funny how, like, this song, not as much. Like, it's a very creepy song, but you don't hear it used a lot. But it, I think something about cartoons or something, like the the opening scenes of, like, in space when it's. Mm-hmm. 
like it's cliche at this point you know it's not even like that's what the, it's not an homage it's a cliche like doom, 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 doom. like mm-hmm. you see that in a commercial for ihop and like at the end of the reveal it's like a stack of pancakes <laughs> like <laughs> you know what i mean and the butter's the moon like but it's just a cliche and i think it's funny is like you watch it and these are the places it comes from and even though you know the cliche, even though you know where it came from, even though like now that you're seeing it, there is still something really powerful about the scene where you realize this is the origin. Like this is the origin of a meme, you know, like you're watching something very special here. Mm-hmm. And to think that like nothing like this was truly kind of captured before, you know, this there's something about this movie that captures the idea of the time of transcending this earth and striving for the stars and reaching for the heavens in a way that like we kind of haven't done since then you know it's not quite the same when when virgin and and uh and spacex are fighting to conglomerate space (laughs) like it doesn't quite have the same feel but Mm -hmm. you know you kind of get the same thing like like take like the virgin like all those the virgin flights that go up to like near space flights you know or yeah. the the one with um uh what's his name bozo bezos um you know he he did that flight up into space and did all like we're still going there it's just it's slow going it's funny mm-hmm. i think it's so funny how, how we kind of screeched to the halt on transportation but everything else is so beyond what they imagined you know mm-hmm. yeah like those hard drives that he pulled out from Hal, bro those hard drives could hold all of humanity on them <laughs> like if they were that many of that size yeah like, well dude he pulled out like a huge like car battery dude like it's insane man Wait, i think they're they right now they're pretty skinny man like this they were like little crystal drives oh okay i'm talking about the ones from uh what's it called the you know where he has to go out in the the spacesuit and like pull out the uh, oh that was like a car battery antenna yeah Yeah, dude he was pulling out like a fucking car battery with that shit (laughs) it was huge dude i was like jeez man don't you think Um, it's funny too that a lot of the technology looks like it came right right out of dexter's laboratory oh i know bd Open the pod door. <laughs> I can't I know, do I that, Dexter. I guess that'd be more like computer. <laughs> Open the lab door, please. Didi's the one that gets fucking yeeted into space. <laughs> what does a computer sound like again? <laughs> it's Mandark, right? It's got to be Dexter and Mandark, right? Oh, true. Ah, I'm afraid I can't let you do that, Dexter. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. What the f- <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's not what I remember the computer sound. So our childhood is different than what we thought I, it was. I guess, man. 
Oh my god. What's the name of that video? <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, Corey. Uh, uh, the, the stream. Blank it out real quick. We didn't. We didn't watch that or hear that, so nobody knows what you two are reacting to right now. So I don't even know <laughs> what. What did it sound like? Um. Oh. You're just. You're yes. just gonna have to look Should up. I play uh, it? <laughs> Dexter's yeah. computer has a <laughs> omelette du fromage. <laughs> oh, Dexter. <laughs> Say it again. You know what? Yeah, let's play. Let's play it before before I ask before I ask a question on on the budget for this one. Oh God, you you hit us with a. Get back to it. <laughs> oh my God. It feels wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does sound a little better, doesn't it? <laughs> We had the same reaction, Dexter. We had the same uh, reaction. Uh <laughs> Well, look at how they made his 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 face flush and red. Yeah, I know. It looks like he's got like rashes on him right now to me. I just, just me? wanted to hear the actual okay. computer voice. Just me. Computer. I thought you were gonna pull up the Courage of the Cowardly Dog one. Oh man, the, the like the sassy computer, oh, but my fucking. <laughs> All right, one Before, second. My uh, while you look at that, my signal's fucking up again. Okay. For some while, reason. While, while we're looking at this, right? While we're looking at this, and Alfredo has to go deal with Hal off the ship. Corey, I wanted to ask you how how big was the budget for the Space Odyssey two thousand one? Don't look it up. Don't look it up. Don't 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 look it up. Don't. I see I see you scrolling through it. I see you looking it up right now. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe like six million. Close, close. You're actually <laughs> half half right. <laughs> see, I was gonna say ten point five, but twelve is. 12 is estimated how much the budget was for this movie. All right. Alfredo, did you catch that? This is going to be on the test. Well, I am talking nah, to That's me. a negative. <laughs> I don't know if he was stuck in like a time chamber. Or... <laughs> You there, buddy? Oh, oh, how's got to him? Corey, how's got to him? Is he good? Mm -mm -mm. <laughs> Awkward. Dead. Kind of like David was in the movie. So I'm, I'm looking at here, like the did you know trivia stuff mm -hmm. let's take a look through this so <laughs> so okay, did you want to read this off or did yeah it, did let's kind of go through this stuff okay. um okay so the, it says according to douglas trumbull i don't know who that is the total footage shot was some 200 times the final length of the film 
Oh God. That's crazy. Like that, that, that is insane. How is it even I mean, Kubrick is known for doing a lot of takes. And that was uh-huh. something we never really talked about in The Shining, but it was present there as well. He was known for uh-huh. doing a lot of takes. So that sounds pretty terrible, but fuck. 200 times God. the final length? That's a lot of God, takes. Dude. And it makes you wonder if if he was dissatisfied with, like, any of the space scenes or, like, the monkey scenes weren't right, you know, or, like, the monolith scene wasn't right, you know? Like, how many times they had to redo that in, in post and in yeah. production, right? That, that ugh. I, well, I would hate yo, to be the I, I had to, uh, I had to connect to VPN just to be able to, to join the call. <gasps> that leads us into our sponsor. No, um... <laughs> <laughs> No VPN because we're not sponsored for NordVPN. 50% off NordVPN. We're not sponsored by anyone, so no VPN. Just get one. Did we find any clips of uh, the computer's regular voice? No, but we are going into the facts and trivia for 2001, which. I'm still hung up on the computer. I would be too. I would be too. Oh, and he's looking at it on his phone. He's he's whipping I'm, out his I'm phone, looking, ladies and gents. He's gonna he's gotta, gonna find it on his. I gotta phone. fucking find it. No, go I, ahead. Talk to I me. I think this is talk interesting. Talk facts to me. So according to Sir, oh wait, um, at the premiere, two hundred and forty-one people walked out of the theater, including Rock Hudson, who said, "Will someone tell me what the hell this is about?" And Sir Arthur C. Clarke, the guy who wrote the novel two thousand one, once said, "If you understand two thousand one completely, we failed." We wanted to raise more, far more questions than we answered. Clark later expressed some concern that the film was too hard to follow and explained things more fully in the novelization and subsequent sequels. Hmm. I mean, I can kind of see it. I can kind of see it. Yeah. What questions do you still have? What the fuck are we going to be in the future? <laughs> What's out there? Oh. Is there a white room on Jupiter? You mentioned the, the floating pen scene. It says right here that Stanley Kubrick worked for several months with FX technicians to come up with a convincing floating pen sh- shuttle sequence. And after many techniques, they fell upon um, a pen that was adhered to um, a, a pane of glass. And we watched we watched that breakdown, and they broke that part down in the film, and they like doing that kind of effect is pretty simple. It, it's a, a very straightforward effect, but then they kind of showed you the scale that the pane of glass would have to be in order to achieve the effect that they did in the movie, mm-hmm. and it was like a pane of glass, this like thirteen feet in diameter you know like something ridiculous it's it's insane man they went to so many lengths to make this movie what it is and i i appreciate every little bit of it you know it's it's definitely a movie i can see people still raving on about which i'm here for it man i'm here for it what is um what is something you would have wanted to have seen more of throughout the movie? More space travel slowly with nothing in it. 
All right, so we didn't watch the movie. Okay, exactly. we didn't watch the same exactly. movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ah, man, it's hard to say. It's really hard to say because I feel like there's not much I would add or want to see more of, you know? Like, truthfully, there's not much I would, like, want to see more of outside of, well, maybe more interactions with Hal, right? To paint him in maybe at a better light, but probably wasn't the point. All right, I just had my mind blown from this fact. <laughs> okay. So one of, one of the most, uh, like, famous cuts from this movie is the scene when the monkey throws the bone in the air and the bone <clears throat> jump cuts to um, to the, the space and the ships the ship? in the future. Correct. So it says here that although it's commonly believed that the famous jump cut is from the bone being tossed into the air to a ship floating in space, it is not, in fact, a spaceship. It is a nuclear device circling the Earth. So the bone being used as the first murder weapon is thrown to the ultimate weapon. Originally, the Star Child was to detonate this device and all the other devices that were circling the Earth. Kubrick decided against the ending as it was too similar to the end of his previous film, Dr. Strangelove, where the nuclear bombs are exploded. That, that is an interesting factoid right there. Kubrick's like, ah, I already blew wow. up the Earth in the last one. Might as well make him a baby. <laughs> That's good. That's good enough. That's good enough. I, 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 d d d let's make him a baby. We should make him a baby. You notice that uh, the baby design is very similar to the design that uh, Hideo Kojima used for the bridge babies? I swear to God, if you bring up one more Metal Gear fact. That's not Metal Gear. It's a Death Stranding fact. It's different. Oh, my it's fucking different. God. It's different. It's different. It's different. It oh is different. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my now, goodness. Now, it could be that, be that maybe... It's just that they're both fetuses, okay? But I mean, I mean, come on, man! I hate you. I hate you so much. I hate you so much. You want to look at his little ding dong? Get PB up my face, man! Are you trying to stare at his ding dong? No, I don't want to stare at his ding dong. It's not safe for work. Get that out of my face! Get out of my face! You need to replace the batteries. It's supposed to light up. You know what I'm saying? Oh goodness. Well, all said and done, I think it is safe to say we enjoyed the movie. Um, well, what would you say we'd rated the movie out of? Because I would say it's a it's a good it's a good rewatchable nine out of ten. Yeah, more like an eight out of ten. Is mm -hmm. there's very very few movies that I could rewatch that are longer than two hours, Django being one of them. And I know that that's not a cinematic masterpiece. I just really love that movie. Um, but I'd say this is a solid 8 out of 10. Mm -hmm. Corey, the man behind the production today, what would what would you say? I give, it a, I, I give it an 8. It, it's a weird 8 because mm -hmm. I don't particularly want to watch it again. Mm -hmm. I watched it twice now. Yeah. And it's... It, it has this weird effect where it's this legendary film that until you watch it, you have no idea what it's about. It doesn't matter how long you spend thinking about it or how many people you ask about it. 
until you watch it, you don't understand what the hell 2001 A Space Odyssey is. But I've watched it twice. I've seen it enough. Maybe I'll watch it again one day. Like, but yeah, with like your kids, right? It's kind of one of those movies I gotta be in the mood to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not, well, I'm I mean, not gonna is... leave it on if I find it on TV. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a good movie to watch with your kids because you know your kids haven't seen it, right? I, I would say this is a good movie to watch for the kids. Well, my kids definitely haven't seen shit. Because <laughs> I ain't got no. Hey, <laughs> you know what? High five. You're going to screen it to them in the womb. <laughs> They're going <laughs> to. I thought make them the super baby. <laughs> The moment they get out, right. their their nursery is gonna be a baroque French like bottom <laughs> like floor lit room. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. But I think with that being said, that is going to wrap it up for this week on the Paradise Podcast Network. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Um, you know, we we had fun watching watching this movie and doing this today for you guys. Um, what is next week's movie? So next week's movie is the fantastic and anticipated An American Pickle starring Seth Rogen. Uh, got 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. So you know this is going to be a, a fantastic follow-up to what is arguably one of film's most prolific pieces of work. Not so. the rating I thought would be given, but... <laughs> Man... We'll see what happens. So it's a HBO Max original, so maybe terrible, maybe a lot of fun. Seth Rogen plays both main characters, um, so it'll at least be kind of interesting to see how they pull that off, if, if nothing else. We will definitely have to see, but until then, peace out, guys. I'm saying we bring back the 70s fucking retro sci-fi aesthetic you know what I'm saying?